0: Amen. Great. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Come on. Am I on the air? Thank you. Yeah. We're okay, are we? I'd appreciate your uh, your prayers for. Um, I'm going to Vancouver next um, next Wednesday. Going to Vancouver to a church out there, which is a, a very lively church, and. Um, but they're becoming quite influential in the area out there in Vancouver. I'm doing t- two weeks with the church and a whole series of uh, different things of, you know, teaching and meeting with leaders and what have you and musicians away and all sorts of things. So um, exciting time. Father, thank you for your love and your goodness to us. Amen. And uh, keep me from being long-winded and boring tonight. And uh, pray that you'd come upon us and uh, Bless our time. Think of these dear people, and what we really want is to be equipped so that we can meet Halesham and the needs of those around us. Yeah. And uh, we just uh, move the yeah. can hear you. Do, do what you like. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Now, what I'd like you to do, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to um, to Mark chapter eleven, and then one finger in. Mark 11 and one finger in Luke 22. So Mark chapter 11. Can you all hear me now? Yeah. Aha. Mark chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying this, Go to the village ahead of you, just as you enter it, You will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you doing this, tell them the Lord needs it, and we'll send, send it back here shortly. They went and they found a colt outside in the street, tied at the doorway. They untied it. Some people standing there asked, what are you doing, untying the colt? They answered, as Jesus had told them, and the people let them go. Luke chapter 22, verse 9. Jesus had told Peter and John to go and make preparation for the Passover. And in verse 9, they said, "Um, where do you want us to prepare for it, they asked. He replied this, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owners of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and they found things just as Jesus had told them. We're going to have a look tonight at the whole um, dynamic of the prophetic gifting. We're going to touch a little bit on words of knowledge. And here in these two passages, we see Jesus moving in incredible words of knowledge. Go into the city, you'll be met by a man with a water jar, carrying it on his head. Here, lead you. Here, go into a house. Here, go up some stairs. They find a room furnished. And um, they found it just as Jesus said. Go over there, and uh, you'll find a, a colt, or you find a donkey with a colt. Never ever been written, and some people will ask you, "What are you doing without a donkey?" And then you're to say, "Oh, the master needs them," and then they will it will all be okay. Jesus moving powerfully in the gift of the word of knowledge, and um, we've we've had a look so far at what we've been doing in the prophetic of understanding and meditating in the Word of God. That is absolutely the foundation. Have people been doing that? Has anyone been doing that? Okay, some of you. I want to underline, get a notebook, and each day you're to meditate in the Word of God day by day, day and night, and you'll be like the tree. And um, a good place to start is actually in the Psalms. Work your way through it. And as we're doing it day by day, then we start to hear the voice of God. We start to, to realise actually this is how God speaks. He speaks like this because we, this is his definitive word. And so if we soak ourselves in the scriptures and we hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us day by day by day, we think, oh yeah, we recognise that as being the voice of God. And that's what we we need in our prophesying, which stops it getting wacky and weird and off-center, because we become rooted in the Word of God, and we actually learn to hear the voice of God. And then last week, um, I went through some different things. I went of how a word comes, different ways in which God speaks. We looked at uh, prophetic encounter, prophetic ferret, Visions and pictures of Scripture, seeing words, dreams, impressions. We got right the way down to uh, God speaking to Jeremiah, well, what do you actually see? What do you see? And um, he said, well, I'm, he was in the kitchen. He said, well, I can see a pot of boiling water pouring out. God says, you've done very well. Say to Israel that as the scalding water comes out of the pot, so the judgments of God are going to pass through this land, and that was his first prophetic word. And quite often, that prophetic gifting can start by God speaking to you, what do you see? Last Friday, I went for a walk in a country estate near us, um, just nearby, and although I'd walked past this tree many times, my eyes settled on this very large oak tree. But I noticed that three quarters of it had been struck by lightning. It looked as though it had been struck by something. Struck by lightning. And it was only a quarter was alive. As I looked at it, I was aware suddenly of two doves which just dropped out the sky. And they came and they nestled, they, they flew into a hollow in the side of the tree. And I felt God was speaking to me. In fact, I brought it to the church that I'd go to on a Sunday morning. Because I felt God stir it to me over three days. That which has had the appearance, and it applies to someone here tonight. That which has had the appearance of life in the past. is as though something's cut in on you. And suddenly caused you to, to be chopped back. And I likened it actually to this, to the... The church in this land, which is known in many revivals, sadly in the wartime days the churches were full. Last Sunday, the average attendance in an Anglican church throughout the land would have been 27 people. And you think, oh, it's gone right down. We need a visitation of God. And I, I felt God was saying with these doves coming that even that which, is, which speaks of past growth that God is wanting to visit again, it, I believe it applies to a, at a wider scale, but it also implies individually. Because suddenly people can get hit by things. You can get hit by an illness. You can get hit by something and it can knock you out. And you're not now where you were two years ago. You're not now where you were three years ago. And God tonight, the reason you're here tonight is because God by the Holy Spirit wants to meet you. And he wants to meet you, me. And he wants to touch us again and even that which has died back, been cut back, to come alive again and be revitalised. Can you say amen? amen? Now that came through a picture that I saw just just in the countryside, but it's quickened again here tonight because I feel that it actually is for someone. Does anybody register with that? Anybody? Okay, there's several people. We're gonna, I'm going to pray for you at the end for God to come and touch you. What do you see? Another way in which God speaks to us, and if you've got the, the notes, is through words of knowledge. And here we see Jesus moving powerfully in words of knowledge. Go into the city, you'll be met by somebody carrying a water pot. There, go towards a house, there, go up the stairs into a furnished room. And it was just as Jesus said. You've got the notes. We're on section three, how does a word come? And we're working under words of knowledge. And and Jesus moved quite a lot in words of knowledge. He spoke to um, Nathaniel, he said... um, You're a man in whom there's no guile. And Nathanael said, how on earth do you know me? And Jesus said, I saw you sitting under the fig tree (laughs) some time ago. He said, wow, you're the son of God. He walks down the road, Jesus, and uh, he sees a man up a tree. He calls him by his name, Zacchaeus. He goes to another lady at the well, and he says, "Um, where is your husband? She says, well, I haven't got a husband. He said, no, you've got that right. The man you live with is not your husband, you've had five, and she's, wow, and she gets saved. And what God wants to do with the prophetic gifting is not just to keep it locked up in the church so we can have a word for Sunday morning. No, 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 no. It's so that God will equip us so that we can go out and reach a needy, lost world. Can you say amen? amen? And prepare us for things. So Jesus would say to Peter, Peter, today you're going to deny me, or before the cock crows, you, you Peter, will deny me three times before the cock crows. Bang! You say, wow! What a word of knowledge that is. And words of knowledge, and we need to ask God to equip us, because they will break through into people's lives and into society in, in an incredible way. So how does God do that? Well, I would say there's probably five different ways. Number one is with a sensation in the part of your body. Sometimes you can get a a weird sensation in the part of your body and that you know that um, it's not you, but you actually know that it's for somebody else. Let me give you an example. I was invited to go to a a school one time in Brighton. And um, all through this, this time... Um, I just had a weird sensation in my, in my right knee. And I, I knew it wasn't me, but I just knew it was for somebody else. And um, what had happened that day, that the football match had been cancelled because of the weather or something. I couldn't understand all the story. But all the football team, they either had the choice of going to either a geography lesson or going to the RE lesson. And they all chose the RE lesson. <laughs> and I was speaking. And I got this word of knowledge... And uh, I said, is there somebody here with a pain right there? And they all started nudging one another because it was the captain of the football team. He couldn't play because not only was it bad, but he'd also be complaining about this terrible pain in his knee. And they're all looking as though, as though I've come from another planet. And they're, they're nudging one another and um, we end up praying for this guy. And God can break in through words of knowledge in a powerful way. Um, I remember going to India and we're, we're out in India. Are you okay? Yes. We're out in India, we're doing some open air evangelism, and it was really hard to break through. And um, what happened was that I, I had a strange sensation of, a, of somebody in, the, in their leg who had some sort of hole or some problem with the, the bone in their leg. And it's all through translation, so there's whispers everywhere. I didn't know what was going on. And suddenly they disappeared, and they grabbed this guy in the, who was um, at the bus kiosk who was taking the money or whatever he was doing, and they brought him over. He had a lungi. And um, he rolled this lungi up, and right round this thing on his leg um, was, was this thing that i have been describing. And suddenly... That everybody was was aware and they thought this man worships a god who speaks we worship idols who have eyes but cannot see have ears but cannot hear have mouths but cannot speak this guy worships a god who does speak and suddenly and we pray for this guy but all the crowd saw it and five of them got saved and so so words of knowledge are there to reach the world and we must ask god Lord, help us. When we got back to, um, from, from Australia to Hassocks, um, we needed to get our uh, TV aerial fitted up. And the guy walked across our room. And um, as he walked across the room, I, just, I felt God just say, he's got a bad back. And so I said to him, uh, do you have a bad back? So he looked at me, he said, how on earth did you know that? I said, well, I said, I'm pastor of a church. God has just told me. I said, I could pray for you if you like. He said, yes, you can pray for me while I write the bill out. (laughs) So I said, that's not quite what I had in mind. But I said, we normally lay hands on people. So he came over. He said, I'm all yours. He took his hat off. So I said, all right. I prayed for him. I said, where is the pain? He said, the pain is in my stomach. He said, it goes down through my groin, through my left testicle and up my back. He said, I've been to doctor after doctor. No one could do anything. I prayed and he suddenly starts going, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, said, I think I'm growing. (laughs) And the the pain went, he said, I think I'm growing. And then he says, "Uh, I feel like dancing around the room. I said, "Well, please do," you know, and uh, so he he then said, "I think I was meant to come here today." I said, "I think you were," and I gave him my personal tract. He'd been the he'd been two weeks before to his. N- nephews or nieces baptism and they've given a talk he said it was an amazing talk but they told him all about Jesus and then suddenly I'm another link in the chain these things are, are not so we can look spectacular on a Sunday but so that we actually have things out on the street so we can reach our friends and neighbours will we get it wrong? Yes, yeah, sometimes we will get it wrong so what if we do get it wrong? I never learnt to ride a bicycle without getting falling off a few times yeah we learn. As we go. So a sudden um, sensation in the part of the body. Suddenly a sudden thought can come to your mind. So I went into a shop the other week. And I told you this I think. And, and the minute I went into the shop the word arthritis came to me. And I asked the lady. I said do you have arthritis? She looked at me and she said no. And, <laughs> and then last week I just felt that I should bring it again. And we pray for different people here who have Arthritis. Sometimes it's just something in your spirit. You can get something in your spirit. A, a date will come to mind. And um, again, it was last week that uh, I just, just the name Shirley, I didn't know if there was anybody here called Shirley, but just, I just, as I was driving here, I just felt God just say, pray for Shirley. I didn't know if there was a Shirley here. But God knows, because he knows everyone by name. And as we do, we learn to obey these sorts of promptings. God will come and help us and therefore reaching out. Sometimes people get a a physical pain in their part of their body. Sometimes people actually see writing. Um, That doesn't happen to me, but I I spoke to somebody. um, Spoke to somebody either today or today. No, it's today. Spoke to somebody at lunchtime today and they they were wondering whether they should move to india or not they didn't know and one wanted to go and the other didn't and the person who didn't was the wife she didn't want to go she didn't want to move there no she sorry she did want to it was the husband who didn't want to move there and uh, in the in the middle of the night this this lady she has a dream and she dreams of india and she dreams of england she has this very, very vivid dream. As she sees England, she can see the word written right across it, home. And it anchored her. She knew that actually they were meant to stay put where they were. So sometimes God just speaks through through that sort of thing. I know somebody who God just speaks to them and they, they see writing. That's never happened to me. Has it happened to anybody here? Okay, so one person. They can actually see words written down. i know a couple of people and they've seen people's names or they've seen writing and it's been very, very significant. Then I would say that other ways which God speaks, and I'm going to rattle through some of these things, is through a growing burden. So just because you you get a word, it doesn't mean to say you've got to bring it there and then. You can allow it, you can go away. You think, I don't really understand this. Go away and pray about it. Don't rush to bring it to the front or to somebody. Go away and pray about it. In Hastings, we had a man there, actually um, Jeremy Simpkins' dad, and he bought some very, very significant words. But whenever he did, he'd, say, he'd come up and say, Steve, I've been sitting on this for five weeks. He said, five weeks? Yeah, I've been praying and thinking about it. When he bought it, it was short and sweet, but boy, did it have an impact. It doesn't mean to say that we have to do it right there and then. Sometimes there can be just a growing burden. Sometimes there's a gut feeling about people. I would say this is a leadership gifting and sometimes in discernment you just get a gut feeling. I, I remember being in, I shan't tell you where, in a certain church and the guy walked in and the minute he walked in I had, a, I had an immediate gut feeling about him. I thought, not good. Not good. And I, I, it puzzled me, puzzled me. Well, it was only a few weeks before he wormed his way in to one of the vulnerable ladies in the church. And, yeah, and there were problems. Sometimes, as, as leaders, you have to confront that. Because the enemy will send wolves in. And you, you, you sometimes think, oh, I don't like the look of that person. Or I'd, not how they physically look, but you know something's not Right? Sometimes it's a gut feeling, you think, come on. And I, I've, I've met a few people. We had a, in Sydney, we had a guy who crept into the church. He was a sexual predator, just looking for vulnerable people. And I, I didn't like the look of him. But you have to deal with it. Because, um, and you have to confront and deal with it. So that can happen sometimes. Sometimes there's an audible voice. Has anybody here ever heard God speak in an audible voice? When I was in Hastings, a, a man turned up to church and he said he was, he was a Muslim. He was laying down on the settee and he slept and he heard a voice speak to him saying that he was a lamb in the midst of wolves. And he came to the church. He said, uh, I've heard a voice. What do you think it is? And I showed him John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice. A stranger they will not follow. He got saved. I've never heard, um, possibly once I I heard an audible voice. But um, (laughs) um, it's not a frequent occurrence for me. It certainly hasn't been. But for some people it has. Then we looked at meditation and God's word. Then I also say that circumstances, that God clearly speaks through circumstances. So Jonah (laughs) ran away. On a ship, great storm, thrown overboard, swallowed by a whale. The whale turned around, and swam back to the shore, spat Jonah out. That's circumstances speaking. <laughs> and uh, sometimes God will speak to you through circumstances, through all sorts of things. You know what I mean. And uh, God will speak. Sometimes he, he will speak through angels. And this has never happened to me. Like Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, Philip, go into the desert. And I understand that Muslims, um, you know, that many of them have uh, encountered angels or seen angels or had amazing dreams. Well, we prophesy in part, but we also prophesy um, according to our faith. So I just wanted to run through those because these are all sorts of different ways which God can speak. Otherwise, we just narrow it right down to sort of one you know, sort of thing in a church meeting where I believe God's saying this, 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 you know. And there are many different ways in which God speaks. But um, the thing which we need to do is to read his word and digest his word again and again and again and get it into us and get it into us. Remember, the psalmist meditates on the word of God how often? Day and night. night. How often? and And as we meditate on the word of God day and night... And do what I I said the other week, is take one verse, go through the Psalms, take one verse, ask God to speak to you through that. We hear the voice of God, we then grow and develop. By the way, you're all doing very well. I thought you did some great stuff last week. Okay, delivering a prophetic word. I want to come on to that, and I also want to come on to um, weighing prophecy, and uh, then we're actually going to do some activation again. I would say this, in delivering a prophetic word, don't rush. Prophetic people can be intense at the best of times. And if you get a word, the only thing you can think about, I've got got a word, I've got a word. And it's like nobody else in the world exists. Except you, you've got to bring this word. Now I can understand that, because I can be a bit like that. You can can be with you, you can't see any other thing. But no, we're in a body. And so we've got to hear what's happening. We've got to hear what the leaders say. We've got to hear what the musicians are doing. We've got to hear, because we're part of the whole thing. Can you say amen? Amen. So it's not just about you and your word. you getting your word out. No, 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 no. Calm down. Let's not get too intense. Timing is vital. Timing is vital in the prophetic, as words can lift a meeting, or they can send it in decline. And that can happen. I've heard prophetic words which can lift a meeting gloriously or they can send it into decline. Some prophetic words come too soon. We're there to worship and enjoy God. And it's out of that that God speaks in prophecy. So a a wonderful thing in, you know, when we worship, as they were worshipping in Acts and praising God, that it was then God spoke and said, set apart Paul and Barnabas to the work that I've called them to. And we're there first of all to worship God, and to worship Him now. In that, and we need to give space to worshiping God. That's why it was lovely just to start tonight, you know, just with a song of worship, lift our hearts to God. And in that environment, then God can speak into our hearts. And if it's appropriate, we can then we can then bring that in our worship. We're to fix our eyes on Jesus, make Him the focus. And we need prophetic words which enhance worship, God-centered, not man-centered. We need in our worship prophetic words which speak of the greatness and the majesty of God. Or just sometimes a line or two from the Psalms which just speak of the greatness and majesty of God. You don't have to bring every word the moment you receive it. Some words are better left prayed and pondered. Words of knowledge are inappropriate in the middle of worship. Okay, so you have—I'm serious here—because in the middle of worship, we're there to worship God, and the minute a word of knowledge comes, it focuses in on individuals. It's not that it's wrong to focus in on individuals, but at that moment, it's inappropriate. So, in one church, we were having a magnificent time of worship. And then a guy came up and he said, oh, I've got a word of knowledge. And he described a person's ear and by the, all the problems with their ear. And by the end of it, I think just about everybody felt sick. And, you, and we had to talk to him and say, please don't do that. Please talk to us. Well, yeah, God's given me this word. Well, yeah. yeah. But we're also worshipping God. And we're here to worship him. And um, so that's part of the deal. If you're unsure about something, it's always better to wait or to ask for confirmation. And this is the role of a a meeting leader. It's not easy to lead a meeting. Because you've got to understand where the meeting's going. You've got to understand maybe where contribution's going. You've got to know what's going to be preached on. And sometimes people come up, I've got a word, I've got a word, I've got a word, I've got a word. I would say this. In churches that I've been involved, I've been involved in four elderships. And in every church that I've trained a group of people in the prophetic. And so that with those people that I'd I'd sometimes say, look, to be honest, you're just too long and boring. What you're saying is just too long and boring. You just like the sound of your own voice. You have to be very honest with people. And... um, they say, oh yeah, or as to others, you say, you actually need to speak up. Or when you speak, stop humbling in your mouth, speak up so people can hear you. Oh, right. And so you actually train people to actually do that. And so that when they come forward on a Sunday morning, or, or they, they would quite often check it out with me, because I would, I'd be the, the elder who would train or or what have you and we would only look for we would only look for two or at the most three because otherwise you get so many words in the end you forget what's even been said it just gets lost and I'd much rather have one really good word than half a dozen bits and pieces and, and in the end you don't know any of it and I think what's happened is that the prophetic Gifting has, has lost credibility, and one of the reasons it's lost credibility is because it hasn't been weighed properly. And it's the job of the actual the, the elders sometimes to say, no, hold on a minute, hold, hold back with that. Or don't, that you're just, you know, we need to get you trained. If somebody turned up with the church and they said, um, they're just learning the violin... You wouldn't say, "Oh, fine, well, you can lead the worship," <laughs> you know. But somehow, with the prophetic gifting, someone says, oh, "I've got a word." You think, "All oh, right, we better open up the platform for them." And um, when you get to a church, may say, be, maybe of this size, that no one's going to find an audience with two hundred people. But if you have got a church and they've got a word, you think, "Oh, they've a ready-made platform." Some people just like the like the platform. And so we have to handle that. We have to be, be careful of our own motives in that. Is it just me wanting the platform? Is it me wanting some stardom? Oh, forget it. Forget it. If that's what's in your heart, you just want to be seen or not, oh, for goodness sake. We haven't got time for that. We want to focus in on the living God so it's a whole dynamic where we need to teach and learn and, and if we're wanting to move in the prophetic we, we, we also need to learn to have people say no hold on that's too long or come on you can go for it be encouraged we need to learn as we would if we were learning the violin no that's not right you need to tune that you need to do that you need to place your fingers here you need to hold that chord a bit longer or whatever I don't play the violin, as you know. <laughs> um, but, so that sort of thing. Your voice when you, when you speak. Speak so some people can hear. Keep it short and succinct. And don't go into a holy voice. Thus says the Lord. <laughs> you don't have to do that. You don't have to put on a posh voice. A holy voice. You just have to speak with your ordinary voice. So delivering a prophetic word, then I want to come on to this. Determine its objective. We need to we need to work out if we get a word, is this hold on, is this for me? If it's for me, then don't bring it publicly. <laughs> we had a lady in a, in a church I went to, um, and I was one of the elders. So you have to deal with this sort of stuff. And she she came up and. She'd like to come up each week. And after about three weeks, we tri- tweaked. You think, actually, what you're doing, you're just bringing what God has spoken to you in your devotion each morning. It's a word to you. It's not a word to the church. We had to say, look, Helen, this is actually a word for you, not for the church. And she got it. She was good-hearted about it. But we have to work out, who, where is this, who's this word for? Because the majority of the words that we get will actually be God speaking to us. Hello. That's why we need to meditate in the Word of God. Dan, I, I need to hear God speak to me through this Word each day. I do because I need strengthening and building, and what have you. So if it's for me, then don't bring it publicly. If it's for an individual, be careful that it's not manipulative. I would say that you have a word for an individual, um, get somebody else to be there with you, unless it's in a public setting like this. It's very easy for, um, and I've had people do this, to prophesy to somebody, God has told me you're going to marry me. I had a lady send me, send me a, a text or send me a thing, a prophecy that I was going to marry her daughter. I didn't even like her daughter. <laughs> and, uh, I wasn't going to marry her. No, thank you. This was years and years ago. But people get cranky. And uh, so, or they start prophesying. So stay away from anything that has anything to do with marriages or, or having babies or anything like that because it can, it can be Manipulative. We need to ask, is this for the cell group? Is this for the church? Is it for me? Is it for someone on the street? We need to ask those questions. If we're not sure, then hold on to it. Ask one of the, the leaders. The context will often decide who it's for. We also need to decide, and I don't want to overcomplicate things, is the word inspirational or is it directional? Every prophetic word brought publicly has to be and needs to be inspirational. That means it is this. It will have these elements. It is building, it is encouraging, it is strengthening, it is bringing glory and praise to Jesus. It is never, never ever corrective or negative. And uh, it's not that. And Chris Vollerton has um, said something very uh, powerful. he said that what we need to do in the prophetic gift is to look for the gold in the dirt of people's lives. Anybody can find fault with anybody. Don't like the way you do this or that or the other. It doesn't take a prophet to do that. But to encourage somebody, to build, to encourage and to strengthen. And that's what the gift is actually for. He should never, ever, ever be directional, and certainly in a public setting. Never. This is what I mean by a directional word. Say if somebody said, um, I feel we should go and plant a church in Heathfield. So you get up on a Sunday, you say, God's saying we should go and plant a church in Heathfield. Don't do it. Because it is bringing direction to a church, it would only be from a recognised person who's, who's, who's developed that gifting over years, a track record which has been building, encouraging and strengthening. I've probably only ever had one directional word in my life, and it was when I was one of the elders at Hastings and this is what I did. I, I didn't bring it publicly, this is what I felt we should do. I felt that we should have our prayer meeting, instead of on a Sunday night, I felt that God was saying that we should actually go up on top of the hill in Hastings, it was in the middle of summer, and we should actually pray over the town. Now I could have done that as an elder and God had possibly got away with it, but I wouldn't. I submitted it to the other guys, I said, look, I really feel that this is what we should do and they said, oh, that's brilliant, you know, that's great. We called the church. And we had the biggest prayer meeting we'd ever had. We had about 350 people up on the hill praying over Hastings. We walked through the town singing and praising God, prayed over the town hall, prayed outside the police station, went through, through Marks and Spencers. Everyone was looking, and it was the church on fire for God. And uh, they, they loved it. But I bought that. I didn't bring that publicly. I bought it in a private setting. So if you are sensing something which you feel is directional... You've always talked to the leaders because they're the ones who carry the can for that. Now, I know you know most of this, but um, things do get through. Amen? Right, weighing prophecy, and then we're going to be doing a little bit. Weighing prophecy number five. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, Paul instructs us not to put out the Spirit's fire, and you can put out the Spirit's fire if you despise Um, if you don't weigh things, do not despise prophetic words, test everything and hold on to what is good. And many churches in response response to poor prophetic utterance have closed the doors to the prophetic ministry full stop. They said, oh, because, because prophetic ministry's got so weak that they've just said, oh, we don't want it. And to be honest, I don't want it. I want one genuine word rather than half a dozen which are sort of, neither here nor there. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid the speaking in tongues, but everything must be done decently and in an orderly way. And um, people can be so afraid of getting things wrong that they never prophesy. um, And we need to be careful of that. We need to allow spiritual gifts to clearly operate and function among us, and that's why we're here, because we're learning together. We do need order. The most orderly place is the graveyard where there's death, but there's a messy place which is the maternity ward where there's life. Now there are, there are I would say there are nine tests of a prophetic word that I've got here, nine tests, which must be in line. Number one is the character of the person. Who is the character of the person? Are they a submitted member of the church? Are they teachable? Are they a rebel? Are they they proud? Are they just there to show off? Only let people prophesy who are known to the church. So when we started in Heathfield some years ago, the guy turned up to the church and he says, I've got a word for the church. So I said, no, you haven't. So he says, I've got a word for this church. I said, no, you haven't. So he says, you don't understand, I'm a prophet, I've got a word for this church. I said, no, you haven't. You don't understand, I'm the pastor, I'm telling you you haven't. And he looked at me, he said, Then you find out that he's been to church after church after church after church. He's been thrown out just about wherever he's been. I knew that. But he's come in a bad relationship and he's wanting to be the the big shot. And... um, So the character of the person is absolutely vital. And normally that most people, 98%, 99% would be good-hearted people who are a little bit nervous and they just need to be encouraged and helped along. But sometimes you get one or two who they don't have the right character. Secondly, then we need to also weigh the word of God. Does it contradict the word of God or does it line up with it? That's why we need to read the Word of God and uh, go through the Word of God and meditate on it day and night. We need to ask thirdly, does it comfort, does it strengthen, does it encourage? It will always build, it will always encourage, it will always strengthen. It's not there to put people down or to find fault or to be spectacular or something. No, it's to build and to encourage. What is the spirit behind it? Is it proud? Is it manipulative? Sometimes people can come with words and, and they, they can make you think, oh, God tells me things about you, you know. And I've had it, oh, I want you to know. It's like they've sort of got some sort of hotline. Oh, God tells me things on you, don't you? you know, watch yourself, I know a thing or two about you. And Ah, forget it. Forget it. That's not what we're looking. What's the spirit behind it? Does it glorify Jesus? Is it manipulative or controlling? No prophecies about marriage or babies. <laughs> and again, I've had to, I've had, um, well, sadly... Uh, I shan't tell you. Do you want me to tell you? I thought you would. <laughs> no, I shan't. I've had prophecies about um, who I should marry. John Stott's said that um, a lady came up to him, he's dead now, but when he was alive in ministry, a lady came up to him and said, "Uh, God's told me that I'm going to marry you. So John Stott said, well, he hasn't told me about it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a good reply, isn't it? Those who receive the word will have a sense of peace and rightness. Those who weigh... Of the, church. the body has a sense of rightness about the word, but the elders have the responsibility to bring direction and guidance as is appropriate. We also need to weigh prophecy, and one of the ways that we weigh prophecy is by praying into it. And if God speaks to us a prophetic word, it's not so we just sit back and just say, oh, well, that was nice. It's actually so that we actually line our prayers up with that. So when Daniel was reading through the prophet Jeremiah, he realized that the exile was only due to last 70 years. So when he realized that, he thought going through Jeremiah, he picked up in the prophecy of Jeremiah, it lasts 70 years, so he turned his face to start to pray and seek God. He started, God, I want this exile to come to an end. If we know that God's intention is to turn our nation back to him which i believe it is and we need to line our praying in with that god come by your power come on your people come on your church come on simon come on every leader in the land who declares your name come on us let us not waste our time let us move powerfully in prophetic gift let us go out on the streets let us go into sainsbury's let us go into tesco's let us go into waitrose let us talk to the people the Kisses is up the tree and Nathaniel's under the tree and the woman at the well let's get out there with the love and power of God I'm asking God to give me more stories um, so I'm not just preaching you know secondhand stuff as it were but actually so I've got living stories of how God has um, opened things up for me I, believe he wants to do that, so ask God give me some stories give me, do you believe he could do that give me some stories down our road, give me some stories in our neighbourhood and uh, give me some fruit we saw uh, one of our neighbours, it's his birthday today, I sent him a card and a bar of chocolate, lives a couple of doors away, he's dying of cancer but he got saved because when he went into the hospital, I sent him a text spelling out how you need to meet Jesus. His wife came to the door crying. She said, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'll ever see him again. He's in. We pray with her. I sent him this text. He, he sent a text back to me saying, Steve, I've got a lot on my plate. I'm really not ready for this. And I thought, oh, I've blown it. The next day, he sent another text. He said, Steve, I have prayed through every line of the text. He's got saved into the kingdom of God. He listens every Sunday online because he can't mix with people because of the COVID thing and his immune immune system's down. He's got saved into the kingdom of God. And we're working on the other neighbours. Hey, I'll tell you a secret. I believe where you live, you and 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 and all of you. that God has put you there for a reason. You are his secret weapon. Oh, me? Yes, you. And to pray and to ask for words of knowledge and insight about your neighbours and pray that God reach and touch them. We have a group of 14 neighbours where I am who we manage a field opposite us. We don't own it. Well, in, in a sense we do, but we have the responsibility to manage it. We've now prayed for nine, one-on-one, we've prayed for nine of the neighbours. Only one's been saved, but we're working our way through them. <laughs> they don't know that, but we're, we're behind the scenes. with the secret weapon praying, God, get hold of them, get hold of them. Get hold of them and God will do that for you. Because that's how he wants to reach Hailsham. Amen? Amen. And that's how he wants to reach England. With disciples like you and me. You, last week, did very well hearing the voice of God. Young people did great. Brilliant. Older people did well hearing the word of God. You can easily do it. Let's ask God to enlarge our borders more and more because we've got a needy world. Will you stand? Lift your hands to God. I'm gonna pray for an impartation of the Spirit of God, then we're gonna do some activation. I thank you, Lord, for these great people. I thank you, Lord, for your hand upon them. And I pray, Holy Spirit, come, and quicken. Hold hands right round the room. Hold hands quickly with the person next to you. You can hold my hand. I've got to pray for someone. I've got to pray for you. What's your name? Jessica. Jessica. All right. God's got his hand on you, Jessica. Don't look worried. All right. got to pray. Lord, I pray for this lovely group of people. I pray powerfully use them in prophetic utterance. Come on them. Enlarge their gifting and win Hailsham and Sussex through the testimony of these dear people. Amen? Amen. Right, what we're going to do, we're going to, don't um, all we'll sit down, we've only just started. What we're going to do, we're going to carry on where we lo- left off last week. I want you to wander around the room, not to speak to anybody, and you're to, to look and to say, God, speak to me through anything that I can see in the room. Speak into my soul. I know it happened to lots of you last week. Ask for God for something else this week. Okay, you are ready with that? So I'll give you five minutes and ask God to quicken your soul and your spirit and ask God just to speak to you through through anything. Off you go. You're getting used to it now. If we can be fairly sharp with what we say because lots of people want to get involved. Um, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, my eyes lighted on two clocks, and they both said, time is running out, it's urgent. Yeah, very good. Okay, it's urgent. Duncan, you were going to... (coughs) Well, earlier I read this when I was um, reading the, uh, the Bible today. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land, of deep darkness a light has dawned from Isaiah and and it really impacted on me and then when I saw the little lights up there I walked up and said God can you speak to me about the lights and I suddenly realised he was saying we are the little lights Jesus was the great light yeah sure but we are all like little lights in our neighbourhood like you were talking about and those little lights are quite they're not very impressive but if we turn the big lights off here they suddenly oh got it very good, excellent. Yeah, very good. So we we'll let your light shine. Okay, Chris is the PA man coming from all the way from the back. Yeah. So as I was sat um, at the back watching kind of everyone walking around, it was quite amusing actually because you all looked lost, <laughs> um, and I just felt like God saying, actually, that's what I see when I look at Helsham. A load of lost people, and I'm calling you to come into. Those people's lives, and to bring Jesus into those lost lives. You weren't here last week, were you? No. You bought that. Vince bought that exact word. Have you been talking to him this week? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Teasing you. Well done. Yeah, very good. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, so the same word. Time is short. We're all lost. The world's lost. So I said I had a very similar picture. I thought we're all wandering around here. Anybody who walked through the door here, uh, (laughs) all these people wandering aimlessly about with no no particular purpose or uh, uh, aspiration. Uh, So it's a call to the lost and the aimless. Very good, very good. Now, what about our young people, Jackie? What you got to say for yourself? Yeah, Jessica. Jessica, Sorry. I was looking at the umbrella in the corner. At the what, love? The umbrella. Okay. Just by the door. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I was thinking how, yeah, God's kind of like, like our our refuge, our shelter Very during good. the storm and during all the rain and the chaos. It's great. And He'll just um, cover us. Yeah, cover, cover us. Cover us with His love. Yeah, brilliant. And I looked at the ladies with the mustard yellow scarf. Yes. Um. And it kind of reminded me of that verse where you can have faith as small as a mustard seed. You can tell the mountain to move from here to there. Oh, well done. Um, And I kind of resonated with that. Well done, Jessica. Sorry I got your name wrong. (laughs) (laughs) There. Brilliant. Anybody else? Don't look worried. What's your name? Mark. Uh, Yes, I was kind of drawn to the speakers and the amps. Um, I just felt like got saying he wanted to amplify our voices so just people can hear, hear his word. Same word coming through again and again and again. It's all you know, by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Great. Good. What's your name? Amanda. Amanda. So I think it ties in. So I was looking at the lights up here and it, the, the lights aren't on at the moment, but it's like they're waiting to be lit. Yeah, wonderful. Is this on or off now? Is it off? If we, can we not just leave it on? Yeah, lovely. Okay, anybody else? What about all our young stars down here? My friend. Uh, when I was looking at the uh, drum kit and I saw that the floor tom is a different color, and, but it's also quite loud. And it's like the only one that's like that. So I was thinking that we might be different, but we still play a big impact in what we do. Very good, great. <laughs> Top stuff. Sorry, the lady behind you, and then I'll come to you. I was looking at that stack of chairs over there. This, um, this one here? Yes. Yes. And they're holding each other together. Um, they're stronger together. Uh, because this one yeah. is easier to rock on its own. Um, and then I looked around the corner, and there's more chairs that can be added. Um, and they only stack, these chairs only stack when they're upright. When, so that means when we're keeping in the Word. Okay, very good, very good. Thank you. What's your name? BJ. BJ. God, I was looking at the water. And, uh, this water here? And our human body is uh, 70% water. So if we drank more water, we could purify <laughs> our soul a little bit more. Okay, I think it's, yeah, I i would just say to that we need to drink more water but actually it's the blood of Jesus which purifies our souls. Yeah, good. Okay, one more. You, you went already haven't you? No, not with this, I went earlier. You went earlier did you? Yeah, go on then. I was just looking at all the dirty marks on the carpet. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> and, <Right>. um, <laughs> no, God reminded me that of the, um, uh, the marks we can have on us and the dirt we can have on us and how he is the only one that can cleanse us completely. All we right. don't need any liquids or any cleaners. He's the only one that can cleanse us. All right, very good. Thank you very much. Okay, you ready to do something else? Yeah. Good. Okay, let's stand. I want you to get with somebody then that you don't know at all in the room or that you know, you don't really know. So ideally guys with guys and girls with girls, just just go, someone across the other room, go for it quickly. Quick, quick, quick. <coughs> <coughs> Okay, that's all all to do. No, um, put up your hand. One one of you put up the hand from the group, only one of you. So you're A and the other one's B. Let's see the A's. Let's see the B's. Okay, so the A's, I want you to pray and ask for a, a Bible character to come to your mind which you feel is appropriate for the other person. So A, do that for B, all right? And you can then share it with them. All right? And then B can do it for A. good okay because um our time's a bit short tonight i'm gonna bring that to an end there would anybody um like to give a testimony or share anything which was appropriate someone shared and it you know rang bells with you anybody at all yes or no thank you uh, we had a laugh that we don't really know that many characters in the bible so we really had to rely on god and so julie here i was looking at her and i said i just see you as very humble very supportive, cheering people on rather than stepping out into the limelight for yourself. And then I heard Abby go, I don't know anything about her, but when we Googled it just now, she was very supportive of her husband, and you know um, so it, it coincided with that. Yeah, and then the same. Um, I came with Sarah, and then um, Alison sort of shared about the birth of her children and how that coincided with Sarah. Okay, all right. What we're going to do now is take it up a notch. You all right? Everyone all right? I want you to pray A for B, and this is going to get you, this is where you need to know your Bibles, or or you can grab a Bible. I want you to pray and ask God for a verse in the Bible for the other person, all right? A for B, and then B for A. Ask for a, a word from the Bible which you feel would mean something to them. And you can turn to it, read it, or do whatever you like. Okay, go for that. Okay, let's, uh, let's have some feedback because our time goes quickly. Who felt a verse came to them for the other person? Or who received a verse that was helpful? Just put your hand up. Okay, so a few folks around. Do you want to, what's your name, this gentleman here? Michael? Come on then, Michael. Tell us, tell us what's happened. I can't remember it all, but it's Philippians 4, verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus, to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Um. And does that make any sense to you, Michael? But it's for me. Oh, it's for you. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's what he gave me. Oh, right. That's what he gave you. Yeah. Does that make sense to you, Simon? Yeah. Very good. Okay. Well done, Michael. And does Simon have a verse for you, or you didn't get that far? All oh, right, go on then. I gave him, um, funny enough, um, Philippians 1 verse 6. It, came to, it sort of came to us both at the same time, but, uh, which is, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will uh, bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. Wonderful. Does that make sense to you, Michael? It's great. Excellent. Okay, and it's the word of God, so it's building, encouraging, and uh, strengthened. Where are we going? Come on then. Get okay, quick. Well, I don't know Amanda. I don't know anything of her background, but this was what I brought to her from Lamentations. And it says, I remember my afflictions and my wondering, and the bitterness and the gall, and yet I call this to mind and have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Wonderful. And I didn't realize Amanda's been through a divorce and has had a bad time. So that was very appropriate for you. Well done. That's excellent. Uh, upon the Lord. <laughs> so, Sorry? And the, uh wait upon the Lord, which is something that actually um, was a real turning point in December. Um, making that decision to wait completely upon the lord and just be his His my husband so yeah that was brilliant that, that i just want to underline that that's a real um a prophetic encouragement in operation there it's the word of god but it's bringing a word into a situation which um Neither of them knew anything about and uh, Amanda felt that was exactly her. She'd been through a very difficult time and that was the word and so it was great. So that's what we're trying to train you to do, to bring things which are encouraging, strengthening, upbuilding. And I should write that down, you'll never forget that. And it will be a word you can meditate on day and night and there will be a real encouragement to you and strength. Well done, that's superb. Yeah. Great, somebody else. Vincent, what are you going to say? Nothing. (coughs) That's a start. (laughs) Anybody anybody else? Anybody else have a... a, a, Yes, my love. Hold on. Anita brought me a word and it's um, from Isaiah 41. Um, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And she, I gave her a word, which was just a chapter before, which was, was very similar. It was just amazing how, how God knows all about us. But the Lord is the everlasting, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow t- t- tired or weary and his underst- and understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And did those two words make sense to you both? You... Yes, absolutely. Wonderful. That's great. Again, the word of God underlining, encouraging, building and strengthening. That is, that is the prophetic gift truly in operation. It's not coming from me. It's coming from you guys um, because you're doing it. And if we can do that um develop that more and more, then that's great. Now I know tonight we, we rush through a lot, because um, it was my last night, and just, you know, there's so much to learn in this whole dimension. Um, but uh, you've all done, all done very well. Would you like to do something quite dangerous at the end? <laughs> From this moment on, we are out of control. Anyone want to do anything dangerous? I'll pick on this gentleman there. He looks, what's your name? Dave. Come up here, Dave. Come on, Dave. That's all right. Just come up here, Dave. Don't look, don't look. Everyone stand. I want you to lift up your hands. And um, I just want you to ask God just for... Any word which you feel would be appropriate for Dave. Ask for a prophetic word just or something to come to your mind just to encourage and to bless and speak into him. All right? If you don't get anything, don't worry, but um, just go for it. All right? Well, I've got a word for you, and it just says this very simply, Dave, is that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. Does that make sense to you? And um, as, as as you worship God, Dave, the things which sometimes seem difficult or a problem will no longer be a problem as you fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus and worship him and not on the problem. God loves you. He's for you. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Everyone around the room, lift up your hands to God. You've had a lot of words which have come from you guys about going out to reach Hailsham, looking lost in the building and that's how the whole of Hailsham is, that's how the whole of Sussex is, that's how families, the people in your workplace are. You've had words about being light tonight and they've all come from you, you've had words about a clock, the time's running out. And, uh, Lord, I pray for these dear people, that you'd use them to reach their friends and their neighbours. Multiply the gift in them, of prophecy, of word of knowledge. Prompt them when to speak to people in Sainsbury's, in Tesco's, in the supermarket, in their workplace. Make them a blessing wherever they go. Thank you. I pray that this church will grow. I pray that this building will soon be too small for these people. I really pray that you do it. I pray, I pray they'd have so many people packed in here, they won't know what to do with it. I pray, Lord Jesus, glorify your name here in Hailsham. And all the people said? Amen. And some said? Praise the Lord. And others? Hallelujah.